Hello and welcome to Desert Island Risks, a series of podcasts sharing results from our recently published Global Pension Risk Survey. I'm your host, Polly Cripps, and in these podcasts, I'll be casting my guests away to a desert island with a copy of the survey, where they'll have endless time to think about UK-defined benefit pension schemes and the many risks they face. My guests today are Andy Fryer, a member options specialist who has led on implementing our first GMP conversion and pension increase exchange exercise, and Lauren Ramsey, a GMP equalisation specialist who's also led on our biggest and most complex GMP equalisation projects. Hello, Andy. Hello. And hello to Lauren. Hi there. So I hope you're both settling into life on the island and will have seen that a key theme coming out of the survey is that we're seeing schemes continue to mature and now over 80% are targeting either self-sufficiency or buyout as a long-term target. But this time, for the first time, bio is now a more popular target than self-sufficiency. So on the whole, this means members' benefits are much more secure, which is really great news. But Andy, can you tell us a bit about what impact all of this has on a member's day-to-day or retirement experience in schemes? Yeah, sure, Polly. So with more schemes progressing on their journey to their long-term target, we're seeing schemes really start to focus on member options and the member experience, which can support this journey, especially if targeting buyout and there's still a bit of a gap to go to get there. And there's three really good reasons for this. Firstly, for many schemes, member options are key to getting to that long-term target. And for the first time in the survey, respondents are telling us that member options are expected to play a bigger role than additional contributions in future. Secondly, the member experience is increasingly linked to everything you do. For example, you're going to need to think about it when implementing a GMP equalisation for members reaching retirement, regardless of which route you go down. And thirdly, effective implementation of member options is an opportunity. So done right, it's a win for the members and a win for the scheme and sponsor. But with extra options, it means it's really important to provide members with the right support to navigate the complexity. And the survey shows the continued trend to providing more support like retirement seminars, online modelers and more IFA support to help members. So if you're on the desert island, Polly, you might be happy at first, but eventually you want to get off it and your target might be to build a raft. Well, you're not going to start gathering little twigs. You're going to look for bigger branches, logs and other key materials. And member options are akin to these bigger ticket items that you'll need to help achieve your bigger target. Thanks, Andy. I love that analogy you've just given us there. I'm sure no one would argue that pensions is an easy area for the average member to understand. And one particularly complicated aspect of pensions are GMPs. We asked in our 2019 survey how schemes had reacted to the news that schemes are required to equalise GMPs. And Lauren, it would be great to hear what's happened in the last couple of years in the GMP equalisation space. Sure, Polly. Well, luckily, GMPs are just a UK thing, so I'm really pleased to have some time far away from them on the island. But as you say, in the last survey, GMP equalisation was quite new, and it's fair to say it was an unwelcome ruling by many schemes. But since then, I'm pleased to report that we've seen schemes making lots of progress in this area. So in particular, we've seen 62% have established their um, decision-making structure, and we've seen almost half make their provisional method decision So this method decision is, are they going to choose a dual record, so an administrative way to equalise their GMPs, or conversion, which is the more actuarial solution. 
And a key theme we've seen emerging in these meta discussions is that of compliance versus opportunity. So for those that see GMP localization simply as a compliance exercise, then dual records is often the answer, particularly for larger schemes. But others are really kind of seizing the opportunity to transform their schemes the better. And they can do that typically by choosing conversion. And a really great way to do that can be to combine GMP conversion with member options, such as a pension increase exchange for pensioners. Thanks, Lauren. So now I'm hoping that Andy is going to tell us a bit about how the first GMP conversion and pension increase exchange exercise has gone. Andy, can you tell us a bit about the experience from the angles of both the members and the pension scheme in general? Yeah, delighted to, Polly. So we've just come to the end of our offer window of our first full implementation of a GMP conversion and pension increase exchange exercise. And I'm pleased to say it's been a massive success. Yes, of course, there's been lots of complexity behind the scenes, but a real key focus has been making things as simple as possible for the members. So, for example, using really simple terminology in the communications and supporting these with a short video animation to aid understanding. So what we've seen is really high engagement in the offer. And in fact, it's been the highest engagement we've seen across any pie exercise in recent years, showing just how much the members have really valued this additional reshaping option. And the feedback from the appointed firm of financial advisors has been that the members have shown a really good understanding in the offer. The other thing to note is it's been a really rewarding exercise and experience for the trustees and company too, because they know members are valuing the flexibility offered. And this has been provided in a way which has benefited the scheme via the additional risk reduction. Well, that's great to hear that GMP equalisation can be a positive experience. My understanding of the example that you've just spoken about is that it's a larger scheme. So, you know, I think it's sort of over a billion pound scheme. Lauren, is it mainly large schemes we're seeing taking action in the GMP equalisation space? I mean, I've got a client that's only £15 million of liabilities. What, What can they be doing? Yes. So at the time of the survey, it was around a third of schemes who were in the process of implementing GMP equalisation. This has increased since, but it's definitely true that it's the larger schemes leading the way. But actually, we see schemes of all sizes thinking about the strategy piece. And a good thing for the mid and smaller size schemes who are now starting to think about GMP equalisation is that they get the benefit of all that thinking that's been done by the larger schemes over the last few years. One thing maybe to watch out, Polly, for your small scheme is that the dynamics of that method decision are quite different for the smaller schemes compared to larger schemes. So in particular, it's often conversion rather than dual records that can be the most cost-effective way to equalise for smaller schemes looking to take that compliance approach. Yeah, that kind of smaller schemes benefiting from larger schemes leading the way seems to be a trend we see in lots of areas. Andy, the survey breaks some results down by scheme size. Can you give some insights into member option trends by scheme size? Yes, I can. And it's a bit like GMP equalisation. Look, some of the bigger schemes initially paved the way, but member options are now commonplace across schemes of all sizes. And for example, we now have streamlined offerings so smaller schemes can implement member options in a more cost efficient way. And this has come through in the survey results with two thirds of schemes saying they intend to implement some form of member options in the next 12 to 24 months. For more established options like pension increase exchange at retirement, which has been around a while now, there's no material difference in the proportion of schemes offering this option between the big and smaller schemes. And the same will soon be said about technological support and use of online modellers. Here, there's still a bit of a gap, but I'm in no doubt that when we next run this survey, 
and hopefully by the way probably i'll be off the desert island by then but i mean no doubt that there'll be no real difference we see in the level of support between the smaller and bigger schemes when it comes to different member options well, it sounds really positive. Thank you both for everything that you shared today. Hopefully you've had some time to plan how you're going to get off this island. Um, when you get back to dry land, what's the first thing that you're going to do? Well, I've really enjoyed my time on the island. So I think probably the first thing I'm going to do is book another holiday. But I'm probably going to have to take my husband and kids with me for that one. I can't have another another few weeks just, just on my own. But on GM Peak Realisation, I guess, you know, I'm sat here on this beautiful beach today. So I'd say that if anyone has been burying their head in the sand, then really it's time to get on and have that strategic conversation around GM Peak Realisation. I mean, one thing to remember is that we often hear that GM Peak Realisation is a lot of effort for very little member benefit. And whilst that can be true for the majority of members, it's important not to forget that for a small minority that have been on the end of a really significant inequality, the amounts of money that these members can get can be really significant. So it's not uncommon to have arrears payments in excess of £10,000. That can be life-changing money for a lot of pensioners. That doesn't mean deferring won't be the right decision. And realistically, everyone is not going to get through implementation in the next couple of years. But what I'd say is if you are going to defer, make sure it's an active decision and you've got all your key stakeholders on board with that. And in the meantime, it's always worth thinking about are there any quick wins you could be getting on with? Maybe something like equalising your transfer values going forwards. And I'd echo that theme in terms of the need to have that strategic conversation now. It's really important to actively engage in member options and member support because, as I started by saying, it interlinks with other big work streams such as GMP equalisation. And it can be tempting to deal with things in silos and for some kick member options down the road. And that's kind of understandable. But what this is doing in many cases is leaving gaps in that overall strategy, which absolutely will surface later. So a bit like if you're on the desert island, you're building a sandcastle, you're not going to randomly build separate castles that are vaguely near each other. You're going to build them together into a cohesive structure to withstand these kind of tides of regulation coming at them. So, yeah, that that need for the strategic conversation as soon as possible, really important. Oh, Polly, uh, escaping the island. Wow. Uh, I think I'd be really excited to probably order a massive takeaway like a curry as one of the first things I do. Be ready for some good food. Brilliant. Sounds like a great idea. Thanks both for speaking to us today. Um, For all of our listeners, there's a link in the show notes that you can click on to download the survey. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss, please contact your usual Aon consultant or any of us. Thanks, and see you next time.